Welcome to the 38th annual Oak Bible Reading Chapel Program. We're delighted that you're here. Uh, some of you may not have known what you were coming into tonight, but you're here to hear the word. And there are designated readers here to read the word to you. So we want to make this a, a great time in scripture tonight. The uh, songwriter that wrote the song we heard as we were coming in wrote these words, ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. Words of life, words of hope, words of strength. As you can tell from your printed program that you got when you came in, this chapel service is a long-standing tradition at Nazarene Bible College. And it has a rich history, a lot of investment in this program throughout the years. The most important thing that can happen for us tonight in this service is to have an encounter with the Word of God. So I challenge you to listen with your mind and with your heart. As you listen to these readings in a few moments, you will have the opportunity to do several things. You'll have the opportunity to celebrate. I want you to celebrate God's faithfulness in your life. Reflect. Meditate on Christ's suffering for our salvation. Envision. Share in the revelation that the Apostle John experienced on the Isle of Patmos. Anticipate. Look forward to the second coming of Christ. And finally, you have the opportunity to experience, to relive the freedom and the transformation that comes from a life-changing encounter with the living Christ. A few words of instruction might be helpful to us as we get ready to read. First of all, because of the nature of this service, I think it would be inappropriate for us to applaud between the readings. So let's try to refrain from that. I also believe that you'll get more out of this experience in the Word tonight if you'll just close your Bibles and listen. We're reading from various translations and I think it'll be a greater experience if you'll just put that aside. The last reading on our uh, program tonight will end with some prayers and with a song. And we will invite you to stand at the appropriate time. And then uh, when the song is concluded, the service is done. So let's uh, pray now as we start and then the readers will come. Dear author of these ancient words, words of life, words of hope, words of our faith, holy words of our faith. We come to you tonight with open hearts. Oh, let these ancient words impart eternal truth to us. Tune our hearts this evening to hear your voice through the lips of these readers. We honor you, we give you praise, in your holy name we pray. Amen.
Good evening. In this passage, King Jehoshaphat seeks God's help as an army prepares to invade Judah. While the people of Judah obey God's direction, he demonstrates his faithfulness to them. The Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the Mayunites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is, a pro is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hezazan Tamar, that is, En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and prayed. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do, know, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. 
take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. During Holy Week, our thoughts center on the Lord and His sacrifice. This passage in Isaiah is the most vivid description of the pain and suffering of our Messiah. Let us focus our attention on His passion, all He did, 
all he chose to endure on our behalf. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we should see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no disviolence neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon.
as we join the apostle here in Revelation, he has just received from the Lord seven messages to the seven churches of Asia. At the conclusion of this, what John finds himself doing is standing in the throne of God. And what is revealed to him here are the contents of the, seven, the first six of seven seals that will be opened. After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying come up here and I will show you things that which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The, the third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne of the, and the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to open the scrolls and to, and to open its seals. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard of the voice of one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. 
When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out and was granted, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil or the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And he that sat on its name was death, and Hades followed him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried in a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who had been killed as they were, were completed. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon as blood. And the stars of the heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up. And every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the mighty men, the rich men, the commanders, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountain. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? As John concludes the book of Revelation, he speaks of the day, the coming of the Lord Jesus. And as you listen, see too if you don't also say come. And the angel showed me a pure river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, coursing down the center of the main street. On each side of the river, grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, 
with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will anything be cursed, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who tells his prophets what the future holds, has sent his angel to tell you what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who saw and heard all these things. And when I saw and heard these things, I fell down to worship the angel who showed them to me. But again he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all those who obey what is written in this scroll. Worship God. Then he instructed me, Do not seal up the prophetic words you have written, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing wrong continue to do wrong. The one who is vile continue to be vile. The one who is good continue to do good. And the one who is holy continue in holiness. See, I am coming soon and my reward is with me to repay all according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so they can enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Let each one who hears them say, Come. Let the thirsty ones come, anyone who wants to. Let them come and drink the water of life without charge. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words of this prophetic book, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is a faithful witness to all these said, 
all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. His name is Bartimaeus. He is a blind beggar. His little space beside the road is home. Trodden dirt is his bed, a stone his pillow. He sits there day in and day out, a crumpled up man on the side of the road. Feeling around in the dark, Bartimaeus accosts a passerby with his searching hands. Alms, alms to the poor, pity on a blind man. And thus he gropes for his daily bread. A mumbled blessing. A coin in the cup from a reluctant benefactor. A sharp point of theology thrust at him from one of the more religious. A brusque shove to the side of the road. This is what life is like for Bartimaeus. Living on the roadside, he takes what comes his way. A coin in the cup, a slap on the hand, a blessing, a curse. This day, what comes his way is a babble of voices. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city of Jericho, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, He knows that name. He has heard of this man, Jesus. Many say he is the future king and heir to David's throne. They say he's the servant Isaiah prophesied about. A light to the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind. A release from the dungeon, those who sit in darkness. Oh, the dungeon Bartimaeus has been in for so long, locked away and forgotten. Oh, the darkness, the loneliness, the rub of the shackles. There on the roadside, he sits solitary in his thoughts, like a rock around which the stream of people flows. He thinks, I must find him. I must talk to this Jesus. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd wraps a few brittle words against him to keep him in his place. But Bartimaeus only redoubles his efforts. The veins protrude on his neck as he shouts, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. Call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Condescending whispers hush as the blind man approaches. He stands now before the heir, not only to David's throne, but to the throne of heaven. And for a moment in time, 
this blind beggar has the undivided attention of deity. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Can you believe your ears? Incredible! A blind man standing before the magistrate of heaven, the one who gave light to the sun, the moon, and the stars. And the response is not one of an exalted king, but of a lowly servant. What do you want me to do for you? Without hesitation, Bartimaeus answers, Lord, I want to see. Out of the dungeon, out of the darkness, he wants out of the shackles of those blind eyes. He wants out of the prison. He wants to be free. I want to see. He wants to use his hands for something besides feeling his way in the dark. He wants to make things. He wants to fix his own meals. He wants to read. I want to see. He wants to look into the eyes of a friend. He wants to wave as someone across the way. He wants to smile at little children and pat their heads and wish them well. He wants to love. He wants to laugh. He wants to live. I want to see. In an instant, Jesus knows everything those four short words means to this man. And the king shows him favor. Receive your sight, for your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. In the twinkling of an eye, Bartimaeus passes out of darkness and into the light. Sunshine floods his eyes. He sees the azure sky, the armada of clouds in full sail, the pair of turtle doves winging their way just above the rooftops. He sees the buildings, the amazed faces of the crowd, and then he turns and he sees Jesus. He sees the tenderness. He sees the love. He sees the eyes of a king. His faith has healed him. Faith enough to make a fool of himself by shouting and stopping the crowd. Faith enough to come to Jesus. Faith enough to ask what no one but God could grant. Quite a lot to see for a blind man. And without looking back, this new citizen of the kingdom joins that royal entourage down the Jericho Road to follow a king in whose eyes he has found favor and to leave forever behind that beggar space along that roadside. Please stand for prayer. Dear son of David, I pray you would give me a heart for those on the roadside for those who, for whatever reason, are not in the mainstream of life, for those who lie crumpled and cast aside, for those who are forgotten and ignored, for those who are in some way blinded to the fullness of life. Help me not to turn a deaf ear when they call out. Help me to stop 
regardless of what the crowd may say. Help me to give them my undivided attention. Help me to give myself to them as you did, to show mercy, to do what I can. And though I may not be able to loose them from their chains or free them from their separate prisons, help me to visit faithfully so they may know that someone cares. Help me to bring a meal so that they may be nourished. Help me to say some kind word so they may be encouraged. Help me to give a gentle touch so they may be comforted. Help me to provide a blanket so that they may be made warm. Help me to give a pillow so they may have some soft place to lay their heads. Help me to lend a listening ear so their stories may be heard. Help, Help me whenever, wherever, and however I can to bring light to someone who sits in darkness. And though I may not be able to bring sight to their eyes, enable me to chase away a few shadows so their lives might be a little brighter. and touch a soul that is hungry reach out and touch a spirit in despair reach out and touch a life torn and dirty a man who is lost smile 